Yes, now, and welcome back to another episode of the Top Loaded Podcast. And it is the time of the year again for the second edition of the London Card Show special. So before we get confused and we have all the Harrys, the <laughs> regular Harry, HJA, how are you doing, my friends? Yeah, good. It happens every time that we get H on here. It's, uh, it's a bit of a confusion, but um, yeah, very, very well. Thank you, mate. Obviously, in very much full swing now for London this weekend. Um, we always say it, but it has come around incredibly quickly again. Um, but yes, yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. How you doing? Yeah, can't complain. I'm literally counting down the days now until Saturday. And obviously, it is a great pleasure yet again to be joined by the man himself from the London Card Show, Harry. How are you doing? I'm good, boys. I'm very well. Very well. Always always good to be back on. Feel, feel at home here. Feel at home. How are you, boys? Yeah, can't complain. I said, we were literally saying off air last week after it was like, oh, it's near it's London Card Show again. <laughs> it's come I know we always say it's come around, but obviously it was a shorter gap in between yes. this one and last. So briefly just looking at last one, it was a big success. Um, no Thank doubt. You. Um how did you find it? Obviously, the big room upstairs, there was no honey convention this time, so I couldn't go upstairs <laughs> and get a nice little sweet treat. But how did you find it actually moving upstairs? Um, it was a brand new show for us, and I I spoke to a few people, it was I know it's the same location, but it wasn't. It was a new hall. Um, so for us, it was a brand new show and it was just almost double the size of last time. So it was the biggest step up we've ever done. And for us, it was a yeah, it was a big success, obviously. We had the the slight um how, how do I say it? Slight uh unconventional build-up with the with the floor plan slightly adjusting, which uh led to a few 11 o'clock nights at the venue, which is always fun, but hell, that's, that's part, part, part of the game, part, part of the job. Um, but no, in terms of the show itself, it went as well as I could have hoped for the new venue, the addition of the main stage, the, the break area, both massive successes in my eyes and, and from the feedback we've got. So um, yeah, over 3000 people. And if someone had said that to me before we announced it, I'd have, uh, yeah, we'd have bitten your hand off. As I said, when we spoke a few like episodes ago before a couple of shows before we were saying like the natural progression of the show and you said the ideally would be to do well upstairs did it meet your expectations of moving upstairs because obviously it was a thing of more <laughs> tickets going on sale because that was one of the main things was that room downstairs for people who haven't been the show is a lot different in size to that bigger room and it's worth it the upstairs i think more airy more space but then again it was more people yeah, more, more natural sunlight. And I think we've all said, oh, yeah, it's not nice having the, the artificial light. And it does make so much more of a difference. It makes it more, like, easy to approach people. It's it's less claustrophobic. So, yeah, it, the bigger space kind of... It's weird going in there when there's no tables and when there's tables. And not many people can understand that unless you've been to Sandown. And it is a big step up. Like, I suggest anyone who can go downstairs and have a quick look at, at, at the other room at Sandown because it, it is very weird looking at the two. Um, but yeah, the step up, the increased capacity meant a lot. We we almost had too many people on the Saturday. Um, we've kind of had a, had a chat with the venue and um, although they were happy with the, just about happy with the amount of people that are there on the Saturday, we have lowered the capacity just because we don't want it to be too cramped. We, we the only, again, bad bit of feedback we got was that it was a little bit too too busy again which we want everyone to enjoy it and if people are feeling like it's, it's too cramped that's uh 
that's a big issue for us. So we've lowered the capacity by about 125 on the uh, on the Saturday to kind of make it make it a more enjoyable experience for everyone. Um, so yeah, just small things like that. Um, but yeah, as as a as a whole for the day, it was yeah very enjoyable. It was it was nervy. I remember speaking to you boys off off the pod beforehand and just going, boys, this this, this is a big step up here. This is um this is big. Like a lot of the a few of the American guys that came over were like, oh yeah, this this would be a huge show in the states, and that's what we're going for. I've said it for a while. We we want to be up there with the big dogs in America um so yeah we, we we were overall really happy with with how it how it went yeah as i say i'm lucky i'm lucky enough for me i was just there the sunday but the saturday by all counts was very nice and busy and i'll move over to i'll let harry take over now as we start to now look obviously ahead to this weekend's events which are going to be taking place but like we say it's a similar format again of the show on the saturday sunday trade night the saturday Obviously, there is still selected tickets available, whether it's uh, weekend passes or Sunday passes, but just go over to the London Cartridge website and it'll link to the Eventbrite to pick up the ones there. And that was actually going to be my last one, is the tickets are slightly different to the last show. Whereas yes. people, for example, I always call him out because he brought this up. El Toro <laughs> Cars did take his club card as his ID once upon a time. <laughs> so are people still needing to bring their ID along with them or is it just going to be like the actual like ticket confirmation on their phone? So we have changed it. <clears throat> we have, uh, we've listened to the people. We, uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we've kind of changed it to Eventbrite, which is going to be a much more formal um, process. You just need to have your ticket ready, scan it, you'll get your pass and you'll be in. So um as I've said before, we can't really control how long the queue is, but we can control how long the people are in the queue for. Um, so the, the idea of that is, yeah, there's going to be a queue and every time it kind of gives me goosebumps, the fact that people are queuing that long to get in. Um, but yeah, it's it's just all event, right? You will have been sent your email, sent, sent your ticket, just it, all the team will be ready to scan it. Um, and yeah, you'll be you'll be in nice and nice and quickly, stress-free, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. So over to you now, H, to actually look forward to the next show. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're now, what, five, four, four five days away now, obviously, from uh, the next show, H. So, um, you know, if you're looking back to the last one, now onto this one, uh, um, what can we expect, obviously, for maybe someone that is listening that hasn't been to one of them before or to someone else who has been at the last one is now coming to this one. What can we expect over this weekend? Um, obviously, maybe in comparison to the last one, anything new that's happening or just in general, what can we expect this weekend? So um, the floor plan is going to be marginally different. Um, we've kind of moved it around a little bit. Um, only a few, taken a couple out here and there, added a few here and there just so we can utilise uh, the space a little bit more just because when 250 tables sell out in 15 minutes you kind of need to uh need to try and identify areas to add a few more in so um yeah big thank you for all the support and i can only apologize to the people who missed out um so the floor plan is going to be a little different we've got the main stage back again tops will be sponsoring that um we've kind of wanted to move away from solely having the big theme of football on the main stage um and yeah, obviously, it's the most popular kind of genre of sport at the at the show. So we're going to have a little bit of Star Wars, I think, going off the Star Wars celebrations weekend, uh, which was a massive success. They're going to be doing a couple of bits to do with that, which I'm really happy about. Um, uh, they will have, um, I think, I mean, they'll be giving water bottles out, which is quite cool as well this time as they're exclusive. Um, so yeah, th there's that little bit. 
whatnot area. There is going to be a uh, uh, obviously live streaming TCG and uh, um, sports this time, both breaking them. Um, there is something in the works. Um, I think it should be. Uh, I should be all good to announce it. If not, I'll take it. But hopefully, me and a couple others might be breaking might be breaking uh f1 2020 box live which is quite big um i know they they don't do things half-hearted whatnot but again we're, we're working quite hard to do that so yeah they're going to be breaking both tcg and um and sport in their live area and as always you're going to have your your normal obviously as i said tops will be there whatnot um there's the, the trade night which is going to be fantastic expecting over again three 350 people for that so it's going to be good we've got our normal high-end vendors that that are on the circuit regularly um so yeah it, it's going to be really good just about every genre of card will be there you name it pokemon magic the gathering football f1 just about everything so um yeah it's uh it's ticking a lot of boxes so far and um uh yeah for the risk obviously keeping the same size to an extent yeah definitely i think you know we've heard from a little a little birdie as well that you may potentially be opening the case yeah. up and uh selling a few cars of your own as well which is the first time probably in the last couple of shows you've had a bit of freedom to to do that so what can we expect to see from from you as well um well well look people who know me know that i set the show up to be involved in the shows and as it's grown i've unfortunately had to kind of take a step back on doing logistics i've got a couple more people in to be helping me with with that kind of aspect of it um but yeah i will have a stall probably won't be on it all day i'll try and jump on when and where i can but nonetheless it's uh just getting back involved doing a few deals uh, if it's not me there'll certainly be someone at, at the stall kind of work wheeling dealing um for me but um yeah there'll be f1 there there'll be some football there um even want a little bit of pokemon to clear believe it or not so um yeah it's uh it's all um all hands on deck for, from my perspective there so hopefully get back in the in the swing things yeah definitely um and obviously you know psa are back sponsoring trade night as well which obviously is, is really good to see um you know obviously unfortunately also they were due to have some part to play obviously during the the main day um but it's great to see them back sponsoring trade night isn't it yeah yeah no psa have uh been very understanding to all of it I'm, I'm sure we will dive into that a little bit more but yeah they've been fantastic through through the growth of the show sponsoring firstly the trade night now sponsoring the show and the trade night there'll be some psa lanyards as well during the day um so yeah it's so good to have such a big company on board uh and so supportive as well through it all um just kind of backing us um and the growth of the show knowing that it's uh ideally the people do want more of a presence of, of psa um but at the same time you you need to listen to the people um so swings one way and swings another at times no of course yeah i'm sure it's like i said we'll end up diving into that at some point today so um but also, you know, as a little surprise, you did give us two more further dates as well, obviously down down the pipeline for this year. Um, obviously, you've got the 5th and the 6th of August, and then also the 25th and the 26th of November. Um, so, yeah, pretty uh, pretty funky little Easter surprise you gave us there, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, with so many shows popping up now, we really don't want to be having to have the same as any others, um, same day as any others, not, not for any reason other than we want everyone to be able to go to every show. <clears throat> we don't think our show is 
is superior to anyone else's, but we want to give everyone a fair opportunity to to grow. Um, but more importantly, everyone to be able to attend every show. That's the idea of the community. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we just kind of wanted to get them out there early. We we kind of got wind that there was going to be a few shows in August, so we kind of just wanted to get them out there. And then we thought, hell, why not? Let, let, let's just get them all out for the rest of the year, so people can get them in their diaries and kind of look forward to them as well. Yeah, quality, Ron. Back to you, mate. Yeah, so, so obviously, I know we briefly just touched on PSA, and I, I think, like I said, we we're going to delve into it a bit more because no doubt it's not just us wanting to know more, but it's the actual collective in the UK and the people who would be attending the show. So obviously, there was an announce, like a bit of backlash, a controversy around the whole thing. But just want to have a discussion about it, really, because it's always nice to see the good side and everything like that. But we really want to, on this podcast, give the overall reaction, not just from companies but from fellow collectors as well so obviously PSA was going to get a it seemed to be like an exclusive agreement so was there anything obviously we're saying now they're doing the trade but was there anything different with an agreement with PSA that would have helped the UK collector at the show um so the thing with the PSA deal was it was never about money and I think that was the biggest issue I think um what happened the statement that came out they were more than entitled to say that no issue with that but it's just we hadn't had our chance or opportunity to say the details about the partnership about the agreement um to to put it in to paraphrase PSA really want to invest in the London card show they see it as a real opportunity for them to grow their presence in the UK and in Europe um so they simply wanted the the kind of agreement they didn't want to put more money into it but they simply wanted to sorry, they not put us to put more money into them or, or any kind of money orientated. They just wanted to go, right, if we're going to put our time, resources, people, all that kind of power, because they do have a lot of it, um, into the, the London card show, they kind of wanted the agreement um, and the trust that they were going to be the only card grader there. And it, it was a tricky one. Um, but we felt like at the time, it would have put been a massive step for the UK. Like brutally um I, I do think it would have been but at the same time what happened happened um a statement was put out and it as a company it was I mean I, you boys can can speak on my behalf but I was very upset by it the feedback we were getting um it wasn't what we kind of we thought we deserved um and it was a tricky situation it was a really 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 tough couple of days uh PSA were very understanding about it um so have kind of worked with us with it and are really keen to push on going forward and yeah it was it was just a tough one because as much as they were entitled to say what they said no issue with that it just kind of made it look like we were just in it for the wrong reasons when actually it was the parallel opposite um and yeah there, there's there's not much else to say there was a lot of conversations we had with PSA about on-site grading firstly taking submissions and then in the not too distant future about on-site grading because for them if they're if they know the shows are every three months it would cost a lot of money to get people and resources over here but in the long run uh it would have been worthwhile for them because as i said they want to have a big presence in europe and they felt like that having a good presence at the London card show was the first step to that yeah, definitely agree. I think that's been one thing I've seen a lot of times when you do your lives just before the shows or even when we've had 
uh, viewers and listeners give us questions into. One of the main ones has been, oh, is PSA going to take submissions or actually grade at the trade night? Yeah. So it's nice to hear an active conversation with them because I think they realise now, PSA, that there is this market growing in the UK. And they've had, obviously, in the past, they've had failed adventures where it's not really been the best for them PR-wise. But now seeing them trying to put a presence within the UK is a good thing to see because we see it in America at every show, especially like the nationals, they have tons of on-site graders. So for them to reflect on the UK now and be like, we want to take that next step. It must be a good feeling for you as well, that they're instilling the trust to think about putting it at your show, the PSM, because they don't do this at all outside the U S. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where we were really, really honored. We, it was uh, something which we'd kind of been fishing for, for a while, like throwing it the conversation every now and then. And uh, they, they like the idea of it. They really wanted to push on with it and, don't get me wrong I'm not saying it's not going to happen it's just been pushed down and pushed back a little bit um as I said the statement was made um I spoke to to that party about it that company about it um and then yeah what proceeded afterwards was a kind of again was unideal but again we sorted it and I just kind of want to emphasize that it was never about the money like people who know me know that we could have gone bigger a lot earlier um the, the prices we charge are very competitive they sell out in 15 minutes these tables so it's not like we we're doing anything for the money obviously it's a business but at the same time we just want to see the uk hobby grow and we've wanted that for a long time and that's our aim um and we felt, felt like it was a big step to to grow in the uk presence in the world of course, it's unideal having to say to a company, unfortunately, you can't come. But to set up, we said that obviously all graders were more than welcome to attend, just just couldn't set up. Do we regret it, how we went about it? Some of it, yeah, we, we probably could have approached them in a different way. But at the end of the day, the intention was there. Was it a mistake? We'll agree to say yeah, because look, we, we never want to see anyone not come to a show. But sometimes business is business sometimes you've got to take a step back to go forward and to really grow the UK I think like it would have been a massive step but I've got to listen to the people I've got to listen to the people um and and the people spoke um so there's not much else I can say on it other than that PSA is still going to be there there's other grading companies that are still going to be there so that there's still room for growth in the UK um but we just got to kind of do it in a way which tries to work for everyone i think that was perfectly put and i think that's a perfect interlude to talk about let's say obviously like the future of the london card show because obviously i remember once upon a time where we was talking before the first one at Sandown, and we was like yeah you was very nervous oh it's this big <laughs> step up and you've now gone from that room to a two-dayer to now upstairs two-dayer with obviously trade nights included so Obviously, now you've committed to Sandown for the rest of 2023, by it sounds like with the shows being announced August and November. So is it going to be a similar format for the rest of this year in terms of actual the show and the numbers? Or is there other things to expect still? Well, we, we're kind of in two minds because although we have the, the capacity to uh, increase the, um, the amount of tables we do, uh, the current hall we do is only two thirds of, of Sandown um so we could go full size but we don't want it to be kind of spaced out we kind of like a bit of a vibe we like a good good atmosphere in there and we don't want there to be 
empty spaces. So we're we're kind of in two minds. Certainly for August, we're gonna stick with the same floor plan. Um, just because if it ain't if, if it ain't broke, don't don't try fix it. So we're kind of pushing towards that kind of um perspective of kind of keeping it as it is. Uh, we're there's possibly gonna be the expansion in the November show. Uh, but that's to be seen. That's to be seen as it stands. We're we're happy with what the kind of format. Yeah, I was going to say, we, I think I, this is going to be the first time experiencing for myself personally the Saturday upstairs, but everything I've heard, really looking forward to it. So for people who might not have attended the London card show in the past, obviously my main advice to everyone is have plenty of fluids because you, <laughs> you don't realise how much you talk at a London card show until you're there. But uh, for people obviously don't know, transportation's obviously the same as it always has been. Escher is literally a 15-minute walk away. There's a free car park on site. And now with their lovely main entrance, you can park right out front of it. Like we said before, no honey conventions this time. But is there anything changing the actual logistics of the queues or anything like that? Um, no, other than, as I said, other than the, the new ticketing system, which should get people in a lot quicker, everything is just there. There's there's restaurants, there's hotels, really local, five-minute walk into East Shore, town centre. There's a train station, buses, five, ten-minute walk away. Um Car parking completely free for vendors and for um attendees, and there's enough to to fit all 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 two two thousand attendees per day ideally. Um, so yeah, not much logistically. We picked the venue for a reason. Um, again, people say it's not in London. Fair play to them, but as I always say, the closer to London we get, unfortunately, just the more expensive everything gets. So we're more than happy to look into that but it just comes at, at a price and good luck getting enough parking in central london for uh <laughs> for 1500 uh people so um yeah the, all these things which sounds good for for the uh, for outsider trust me we've looked into it guys i promise you if we could go more central we would but as i said london is a very expensive place as it is so um the closer we get um it's just gonna get more spending yeah, I'll pass back over to Harry now in case he's got any other questions like regarding any of anything at the show or even stuff that we'll be looking, trying to buy at the show. And obviously, we always try and put the feelers out already. And no doubt someone's going to message me after this with a granite jacket because it's just how it always works. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always the same old, isn't it, at the moment in terms of Arsenal and us being top of the league, obviously, you know, it comes with the price. Um, <laughs> but I had to drop it in there. Sorry. Um <laughs> But yeah, obviously, you know, anything Arsenal, uh, Pierre Gasly, obviously, and, and Lewis Hamilton as well. So, um, yeah, they're the ones that also I'm always, always keeping an eye out for. Um, unfortunately, I did, I am currently trying to battle with a card that's lost from the US to the UK, which was unfortunately a big card for me. Um, so I'm trying to battle that. So if anyone has a uh, Sacra Obsidian Colour Blast at the London Card Show, give me a shout because mine's currently lost somewhere in the US. Um, but no, yeah, so yeah, just the usual suspects really in terms of um, we'll see what I'm looking for. Um, I mean, H, are you looking for anything in particular if you could even find a spare five minutes or? <laughs> um, obviously, always wheeling dealing. I'm into tickets at the minute. I picked up, where is it? It's here somewhere. I picked up quite a cool ticket recently. Um, Whoever can get this first will win. Not not the ticket, obviously. We'll win it. <laughs> can it catch F one F one? What happened in F one Canada, um, two thousand and seven? Any guesses? Two thousand seven. On the Saturday, on the Saturday. This is a ticket for the Saturday. So for for, for the listeners who 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 are worrying that their their stream has gone down, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is Lewis Hamilton's first ever pole position. Ooh. A ticket to that. Right. So I'm there. I will be sending or bringing this to the show to get graded um, with Aaron. But I've got a few coming back on the day. Um, he's messaged me like, yeah, the car's back. But I want to do a big reveal on the day. So I've got a load of stuff to... Uh, so yeah, to see how the grades do. I've sent off I sent off a couple tickets um to get graded. Um one of them good timing actually it was a Kimi Raikkonen, but also a Fernando Alonso debut ticket. Um but also quite a bit don't know about funny, but the I actually went to the um that famous Hamilton's I think seventh or eighth uh British Grand Prix win, but also that very famous Cops Corner crash. So um got that ticket um graded so yeah wait for a few back and obviously got a few cards to come back as well so um in terms of looking you know you know me gr63 my boy and anything to do with him 2020 mainly uh i'll be all over like a bad rash but um yeah a few tickets i'm uh i'm looking to pick up i was just saying i think tickets are becoming a lot popular so obviously it's been great to preview the show, but is there any other last words you'd like to say to the people who obviously are going to attend or maybe the couple of people that are umming and ahhing about going and like, there is still selected availability, especially more for the Sunday. So feel free to take the reins and just the last closing words from you. Yeah, thanks. Um, Yeah. So Sunday's due to be a really, really good day as always. We've got all the sponsors there still going to be there on the Sunday. The day is going to be very, very similar. A few less tables uh, simply because we want it to be just as a, uh, just as compact as, as normal. Um, main stage, loads of breaks going on in uh in, in the Watner area. Loads and loads of vendors, all kinds of genres as always. We've got very, very, very few both day tickets left. People are messaging me being like, how come Saturday sold out and there's still both days? We just, when we did it on Eventbrite, there's a certain amount of each ticket we made available. It's just how, how it works with anything. Um, So we've got a few left for that. Um, And yeah, a, a limited amount for the Sunday um, as always, I don't have the whole uh, issue of saying all tickets will be picked up on the day of the event with the form of ID. I still know off by heart with the form of ID, the matches name and ticket. You just need to have your barcode ready to scan on the day. It's actually due to be really warm. It's going to be really warm. Or, I mean, you never know what the forecasts, how accurate they are these days, but it's due to be quite warm. So as always, maybe bring some liquids along, but we'll... Uh, the tuck shop will be there with all your needs, pound for a bottle of water, pound for a can. So as good as you can get uh, in Eastern and in London. So um, yeah, uh, other than that, as always, can't wait to have you guys back. Looking forward to to catching up with a lot of you. Um, and yeah, really, really looking forward to getting back down to Sandown. As I say as well, last one, will the London Car Show merchandise be available again? Yes, it will indeed. We've got uh, stands. I don't know people who can actually see. They live on my desk. They're actually really good for phone stands. People who haven't seen, actually. They fit your phone really well. There you go. It's not just a car show phone. Multi-purpose. We've got, we're going to have the binders once again with Volt X. That, uh, again, people have been buying a few online uh, to pick up on the day, but also to buy on the day um we're gonna have them we do have some merch available um on the day the t-shirts the caps the mugs which went down really really well last time so yeah if, if you fancy um getting something to remember your day by or or just to support the london card show grab some merch grab a binder grab a stand um and yeah it's it's all appreciated it goes back into 
the the venue the staffing getting more merch that kind of stuff so um yeah it's uh it's gonna be a good day um yeah just just can't really uh can't really wait to get back down there especially as a bit of a vendor this time as well get get back in the thick of it yeah like i say thank you ever so much for joining us we wish you all the best for this weekend we will be seeing you there and everyone that listening and the next segment we'll be talking to a vendor from the show which will be trade we cards but harry thank you so much good luck pleasure. for this weekend and we look forward to seeing you on saturday pleasure pleasure thanks guys Yes, now, obviously, a massive thank you for Hatred joining us. And now we're joined by two lovely fellas. I'd say one full-time employee of Trade We and one part-time employee oh, of Trade We because we we've not seen him for ages. But first, we'll go to the part-time employees because we've got to make them feel special. So, Elliot, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. It's actually the first time for you on the podcast. So, welcome is, along yeah. to the podcast. So. Good to be here. And I'll now talk to the main worker of Trade We that was up to 2 a.m. getting scared in his bedroom near enough on Wednesday night, whatever it is. Jack, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. I've just recovered from that Domino's advert during a stream that was horrific. <laughs> I was gonna, don't worry, you weren't the only one. For anyone out of context, literally it was about quarter to two in the morning on the second to last box. And there's a random advert for the first time in seven hours. Got so loud, so loud, out of nowhere as well. I was very surprised you didn't throw a card up in the air. So you, it was composed. You just put it down and then was like, what was going on? But just talking, obviously, Trade We will be at the next London card show, which is, as of recording this, it's the following weekend, but for the actual purpose of this one. So, Elliot, are you looking forward again to being a vendor at the, the big show and obviously a very oh, yeah. busy Saturday? It's very busy, very busy last time. But yeah, we, I think we've got three tables this time. It's going to be good. God's going to have a lot of stuff on show, so, yeah. So, so, I remember the last one, I was only there the Sunday, so it was a bit quiet, I could relax, but Saturday sounded chaos last time. So, how was Four Trade We actually the last show in February now? It's good, yeah. It was um, probably one of the best ones we've done, I'd say. Do you agree, Jack? Yeah, that and CardCon, very good, because yeah. um, they were close, close proximity to each other. But, um, yeah, London was fantastic. Definitely our best ever, I think. Yeah. What, how, because obviously a lot of places, like a lot of vendors do just sealed wax or do singles as well. But obviously you have a bit of both and you have the wheel and everything that goes with it. So, what is, like, Jack, what is the best, like, your favorite aspect of being the vending? Is it doing the singles or packs or is it just in general, like, you just want to bring the trade we experience to the show, what you normally obviously do on YouTube, whatnot, Twitch, or wherever it is you're breaking? Uh, well, so we, we're degenerates and we open a lot of personals for ourselves of our stock. So we, um, for example, at this show coming up, we've got some nice prism cards because we pretty much opened a case for ourselves because we're nutters. Um, so yeah, sort of it is bringing the trade experience to everyone at the show. Um, and then obviously you've got the, the wheel, which we've now used in recent streams as well, um, which is quite cool. So, um, but yeah, the sealed stuff, you know, if it, people always want to buy a little box. People love a cheap rip, don't they? So, um, or not necessarily cheap because we sold an F1 Chrome box last time, which had an Alonso Superfractor Auto in. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And the singles as well because there's a card for everyone, you know. Um, people collect literally anything. Um, for example, I collected Bottas for a little bit. So, yeah, that says it all. Yeah, so I, I remember going through it. Obviously, it's good having like the pounds of like it was like pounds, five pound flip through boxes where there was a granite shaker. And I think that was the only granite shaker I found. So I know where I'm heading slowly to every <laughs> show, but 
do you like like having the variety of like F1 and soccer? Do you think that makes it more appealing at a show? Because you do see a lot. I'll come over to you, Elliot, for this one. That just deal with one sport, and it's you can only attract one type of like clientele. But having a range of stuff, does it bring more people over? Do you think? Uh, definitely, um, having a mixture does. Yeah, I, I think we we quite like having the the soccer and the F1. Last time, obviously, was just after F1 Chrome came out, so we had quite a lot of that because we'd ripped a case of light the night before. So, um, whereas this time. I don't think we've got much F1 at all. I think we're going to, it's going to be mainly Prism and uh, Merlin stuff we've got this time. We have got some naughty little cards in there, so well, we do. Yeah, so we definitely look forward to seeing them. Obviously, Prism has been a big one, um, very popular product. Obviously, as of talking, this breakaway is now out. Choice is out, and probably I remember at the South Coast show last year that a certain person in the chat decided to open the Choice box and hit a Nebula Japanese <laughs> player. So that's like, like the DJ ripping. So. Let's just be honest. Is every single single on your table going to be from a DGM box? Yeah. yeah pretty much. Breaks have entered as well. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah we're, but, we're, we're, we're in some Donruss breaks at the moment, actually. And um, we're going to have some uh, some Donruss cards on our table as well, which is obviously a brand new release. So that's exciting. I was going to say, does it help you as well that when you go to these shows, there's actually newer releases? Because sometimes you can get a show where, Panini, especially like November time, them kind of shows it's kind of a slow area for releases. So now having score tops, obviously releasing certain products, you've got Don Russ, which is out now, which is a great set. Does it help you as a vendor having these new sets that there's actually more popularity around singles and actually buying boxes? Yeah, I feel like the price is at its highest as well when the sets just come out. So um, there's more demand for it as well because people are like, oh, I haven't seen that before. That's new. Um, might pick it up just for their collections and. Because people at that at this stage will not have if they go for a rainbow, they won't have all the parallels because it's just come out, will they? So mm. they'll be hunting for those specific cards. Yeah, and would you, Elliot? Would you have any recommendations for people, obviously, going to a show, for like what to expect? Because it can be very overwhelming, especially this Saturday at the London Grand Show. Chaos, I'd say, is one thing. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of different things. I suppose you, you, first walk around i'd say just have a little scout see what's going unless you see a proper good deal because they do get snapped up quick and then you know have, a, have one walk around you know scout out what you want to go for and then you can go from there really i'd say as i say same with you Jay. is it a case of sometimes is if a deal's too good be, to be true get it done because i've seen it before where you you see a card and you're like right i'll earmark that for later but if there's one person looking at the card there's more likely going to be three or four others there was, um, don't even remember at CardCon. Were you there at CardCon? No. no. The Henri and Wright jewel in that yeah. jewel case. Saw that before people were allowed in. <laughs> Snapped <laughs> it up um, for a very good price, I thought. So, yeah, definitely. As my colleague said, when I go to a show, for example, when I'm not vendoring, I will have a walk around, do one lap, maybe two, um, before buying anything. But sometimes there is a card which does leap out to you. Uh, which you can't really turn down. Or, of course, if you fancy a sealed box early doors to, to get some nice hits on the board, then you can do that. But, yeah, definitely have a little walk around first and then uh, pick up some nice cards. The other thing I'd say as well is don't be afraid to put an offer in or offer someone an amount because a lot of the time the price is just it, – it's a guess, especially with new products like Prism, that it's impossible to know exactly what a card should be priced at. So, yeah, definitely – give an offer and then, you know, go from there. 
as I said, that's literally goes into my next question perfectly. And it's, I think that's what a lot of people forget at card shows is when you see a price is most of the time people don't have no idea if it's low or if it's high, but you just talk to people as well at a show. And I think people don't do that enough with the vendors, especially that just go up and have a conversation with them be like, oh, is there any movement on site? Because I've seen cards before where it's like 50 and then they've gone, you know what, I'll take 20. So is that something that you would recommend on you also just come up for a chat? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that way, if you if you have a good chat, you might get an even better deal. You know? <laughs> so, um, <coughs> yeah, just um, obviously be friendly, be polite as well. It's another thing. Um, I think it go, manners goes a long way as well when it comes to doing deals. So, um, yeah, that's what we'd say. And obviously at the last show, you um, was on the main stage. You was taking all the fame and glory and letting <laughs> someone else take over your table for a bit. So I don't know if you're allowed to say anything yet or not, but is there any plans for seeing Trade Free on the main stage going or even breaking from your table? Uh, I don't think we'll be doing breaks from our table, um, but you might see us on the big big screen again, potentially. It, it just can't go away from the limelight, can you? That's what it is. <laughs> I can't help it. It just... It just brings me on yeah we'll never know we'll have to wait and see what happens so is if you get the chance to walk around obviously before you said like that car con you walked around before f1 all the buying public was allowed to get in and get their deals you've snapped it all up first but <laughs> between both of you are you looking for anything in particular shows because some people might actually come up to you with cards that they're going to bring with potential trades or anything like that so is there anything you're looking for uh, well, last time I didn't get a chance to look around at all, really. I didn't pick up a single card because it was so busy. Um, I was needed on the stage. I was needed with did the whatnot break as well. Mm. Um, and obviously we were selling quite a bit, um, especially Sunday as well. That's when a lot of the the um, the cheaper stock just went because sort of panic buyers, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah. What was the question again? I've got distracted. <laughs> if there's any like anything in particular you'd be looking for if you get the chance to walk yeah. around. Um yeah, any prism BRAESA cards. Uh, yeah, some nice a nice messy. I'd like a messy card. And I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. A Harland Auto wouldn't turn down. Um but yeah, I, I want I want a big card at a London card show. So yeah. So say you've gone in, you've gone in with some big names there, haven't you? Mm. And I'm surprised you didn't put Charlie Austin in there. So. Yeah, well, it's never going to come up. But if someone <laughs> has the out of 25, the out of 99, and whatever the other one is from Chrome 2018-19, let me know. Perfect. But but for you, Ellie, is there anything in particular you'd be looking for, or someone might come up with you? There's only one card that I'm actively looking for, and that is a Virgil Van Dyke Kaboom from I think it's Prism 2019-20. I think that's what it's from. But yeah, that's the only card I'm actively looking to buy at the moment. That's a, that's a lovely card as well, especially seeing the kabooms now. It's only going to bring the prices up again because everyone's <laughs> realising how nice of a set it is. And for the, like the last thing for me, is there anything you'd like to say to the people that are going? Obviously, before we tell them where to find you, obviously the seating plan is not done yet. By the time this is out, it could be roughly back. But if you was going to say anything to people listening, what would you say about the London Card Show? Um it's a great way to pick up some cards for your collection. Um, not only that, you meet other people who collect cards as well. So you can uh, meet up people. Who, for example, a lot of people we've met at, at card shows, especially London, we've only met, well, not even met, we haven't even seen their face because they enter our breaks. Um, they follow us on Instagram, chat to them over the airwaves, etc. But it's nice to put um, names to faces 
um, etc. So um, yeah, a, a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Get some cards, meet some people, and um, have a good day out. And I'm going to let Elliot be the plug here because no doubt he. We, we do want to see you back on the YouTube and everything like that very soon. But whereabouts can people find you, obviously, between now and the show and obviously after the show as well? Um, so YouTube is at Trophy Card, same with the Instagram. And uh, the Twitter is Trophy Cards underscore, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. The Anywhere else? Have I missed any out? I was going to say, every uh. platform's covered there, near enough, isn't it? Uh, we're on TikTok as well. TikTok. There you go. Taking over. Taking yeah. over. <laughs> I don't know, like we said it. Like we said, obviously, the card shows are set. We really do look forward to seeing you uh, Saturday and Sunday. But most importantly, be coming down to your store, hopefully pick up a good deal. And no doubt you're going to try and persuade me to buy some sort of <laughs> Arsenal card that you can't shift until I'll go there. But like I say, thanks for joining us. Hope you have a really good show experience and we'll see you there. Thank you. See you yeah, soon. Thank you very much. Uh, so that was lovely guys at Tradewee. And now we'll be closing it up with me, Harry, and El Toro Card just to talk about a perspective from... Walking around, sweating, drinking, and everything else. Massive thank you to the guys, Jack and Elliot from Trade Weave, for giving us perspective on the vendor. And now I have re-emerged with Harry again. Like this is going to be nice and seamless on the recording, but it's like four days apart. So, Harry, welcome back to the podcast. Thank and you, mate. Thank you. Even though it's technically you've been in this episode, and then you've had the episode, <laughs> and then you're back in. But um, we are actually the week of the show now, so it's not going to be confusing. But um, obviously, welcome back, a returnee to the Top Loader podcast, who is on the last London Card Show special. And since then, he's launched his own YouTube channel where he's grown day by day and going to be vlogging the whole weekend, which is going to be very interesting to watch. But Jason, it's El Toro Cards. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very, very good, well. mate. That's um, very good. It's finally London Card Show weekend again. Obviously, it was only about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, whatever it was, since the last one. So, Jason, you looking forward to it? A hundred percent. It may honestly, it's flown by. I think normally they do uh, uh, the card shows every three months, but I think this one has been. I think it's two months, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So very excited to that. Uh, looking forward to it. Trying to save some money for the card show. Obviously, trying to pick up some Ramos. If you've got any, let me know. But yeah, very excited. Um, happy to see you know old faces, new faces. Excited for trade night, and especially uh, excited to record you know, vlog the whole show doing trade night and both days. Yeah, before we get into the show, so I'm just going to talk about your YouTube. Obviously, since the last time we spoke, you have launched your YouTube where you're doing one to two videos a week of all different types of content. How come you decided to start up the YouTube channel? Well, planning to do one or two videos a week. I've uh, been trying, you know, ideas are coming up. But no, I've always wanted to do it and uh, I just needed the courage equipment i would say as well but you know i thought why not just do it let's do it um and then yeah started the channel first video was the london card show pickups which done amazingly well i think it's at 300 just hit 309 views or something which i thought for the first video and as well for the mic quality being terrible <laughs> it, it, it was really really good which but, rest yeah, assured just... you saw it out now so it's fine exactly exactly <laughs> um but yeah no um obviously trying to do one or two videos a week uh just showing you what you know what i've picked up you know what i'm sending to psa just showing you my opinion and i think one of the videos not trying to shout myself out but just you know top five things you know Plug that i wish i knew yeah that i wish i knew you know joining the card um card world but um yeah no i've enjoyed it hopefully there's more videos to come and uh better quality and better cards 
So this weekend, obviously, it's a London Golf Show. So what content are you going to get planned? Because I think it's quite interesting as well from a creator's perspective of what to do at a show because it is a very busy time and to make time to film. So is it going to be a vlog route or is it going to be like actual planned content? Um, To be honest, I think I'm going to be vlogging the whole show. So obviously, you know, traveling there, how how I'm getting there. It might be car, train, plane, you know. Um, but but... It's not going to be plane now, is it? Come on. <laughs> oh, you don't know how I live. Going in by a private jet. <laughs> Helicopter oh, man, that's landing that's in the, the middle of the money. track. Yeah, <laughs> it's a card money. No, um, yeah, just showing, um, obviously the people watching how I get there, what sort of cars I'm wanting to buy to trade, and to be honest, what the show's like because there's a there's a lot of people that you know come to the show. Uh, no, that don't uh, let come to the show. They don't know what it looks like. They've never been, never experienced it. Um, I've had a few people saying, um, show me pictures of like the card show, see how it looks like. So. To get that in video form, it's a much easier um, to show people. And I'm being honest, when I um, when the like London Car Show finishes it, um, I tend to watch like videos, like people vlogs. Even if it's Pokemon, I don't collect Pokemon, but I watch a guy, you know, vlog um, the London Car Show, talk about Pokemon because it's interesting. But um, yeah, planning to do a video about I think Saturday. Planning to do a trade night, trying to maybe work from, I don't know, a lone, a high numbered base card, uh, base to hopefully eminence case. Yeah, that'd be, that, if that was, well, if you did achieve that, I think everyone would worship the ground you walk on. Definitely, <laughs> please tell me the recipe for that one because I would need that. Oh, advice. I need that. <laughs> obviously, now it's the week of the show. So, Harry, it's come along quick. We've spoke to the guys at Trade Week, we've always spoke to Harry as well about the show. So, Today, the Monday of recording this, they've released the floor pan. So we knew roughly by what Harry said that it was going to be very similar. But so, is, do you think it's going to be quite similar actually on the Saturday that it's going to be busy? Or do you think it's still a case of, I was talking to somebody the other day about this, it's now the floor pan's out, work out places you want to go. So you have a rough idea. Obviously, do the lap or a couple of laps anyway, just to see. But you know where the main target is to try and get there before everyone else buys them cards up. Yeah, I think we always say to each other that we'll do like a quick lap round, have a, have a wander, but it takes us about three hours normally to make, make our first way around. So, um, but no, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I'm expecting, you know, it to be busy as always, you know, it usually always is at, at London. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting to be quite a busy, uh, busy day. Um, as you said, though, the floor punch and release, now you know where certain people are, you know where to make a beeline for. Like I'm sure Jace is making a beeline for uh, Wedding Collectibles as soon as he walks through the door. Um, but no, yeah, I think, you know, we're, it's never going to be a busy weekend. Um, but like you said, now the floor plan's been released, you can see a proper layout of the show, um, find out which vendors are going to be there, whereabouts they're located. Um, and therefore, you know, have a bit of a route, if you like, or a bit of a plan as to where you want to go to first or hit first, or um, just a general breeze around, like, you know, like me and you do normally, just have a quick wander around and say hello to people and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's it. It's going to be Ramo. It always is. Um, but I guess, you know, you'd expect nothing less from, from London. Um, it's always an epic weekend. So, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing a way back down there. Yeah, as I say, there's 150 less people, give or take, on the Saturday anyway. Obviously, the people might be no-shows or anything, but roughly it'd be about 150 less, which hopefully does create a bit more space. And like we say, it's good to have that walk around. Then you can kind of roughly work out, right, that's there. Have a quick look at the cars. So you could be like, oh, for example, there could be a, a certain player's auto, say a Harland auto, because obviously that prism is quite hot. Or it might be a 500 there, but then you walk to the other place and it's 400. So just don't always 
buy the first card you see because it could be somewhere. Obviously, if it's a one of one, it won't be somewhere else. Um, so, Jason, how do you ever deal with it? Obviously, you just go to Wedding and buy all their stock up. But do yeah. you no, do you normally have a plan of like walking around? But is it important as well knowing what you want to buy prior to even walking in? No, hundred um, percent. Obviously, make. Not, I wouldn't say make a list, but maybe you know it's just you know, players that you want to buy. So for me, for example, it's going to be Sergio Ramos. I PC him. Paco Hento, if I do find any. I've only seen one in, I think, in three card shows. I've actually seen one of him. So, and I didn't pick it up, unfortunately. But yeah, Sergio Ramos, Sergio Re... Well, it's too pricey. Um, Sergio Rebas. But obviously make a list because you won't just go in there, spend all your money in the first hour. And then you're thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm, I'm going to spend, you know, the next three hours and even the next day with no money. So obviously, obviously, always make a plan. Um, don't, I think, don't be too reserved as well, because you might see a card that you know you really like, and you think, okay, I'll come back around in like an hour and see what else there is. And then in an hour, that card's already gone. You know, it it took me, I think, I think I said in my video, an hour and thirty minutes to make my first purchase, which is um. I think it's a bit too long, but obviously always have a plan. Check who's obviously on the floor plan and then try to maybe go go to them first. And then obviously you can meet, you know, your, your mates and all that later. It's all about cards. I think that's a perfect one. Obviously, I haven't experienced the two days as well. So, Harry, how, obviously you've done both now of the one day and the two day, or I would say two days with the trade night as well. So how different is it, do you think, doing the both days to one day? Because obviously if you're there the Saturday, you've got to think of you're still there the Sunday, but then... Does it play into your mind as well? Like, oh, what's the odds of a new card arriving the Sunday if I see it Saturday? So what's the mindset for going both days? There's no doubt there might be quite a few people doing two days for the first ever time. Yeah, I think it's just important to try and just keep an open mind. Like, you know, you could see a card on a Saturday that they aren't there on the Sunday. I know there was a guy um, who I was looking at some of his tickets he had on a Saturday and he was like, oh, I'm not there tomorrow. So I was like, you know, realistically, it's make a decision now or you know i had his instagram so i can message him afterwards but um yeah it's always that trying to play safe it's like you know do you wait for the sunday don't even blow all your budget on the saturday or make sure you bring enough to spread out over the two days um but yeah it's just about having an open mind but also you know picking up what you want to pick up if you see a card on saturday you're like yeah if it's perfectly into the pc and it's something i'm looking for don't try and hold off and wait until the sunday and when they're not there or the card's gone you'll kick yourself so it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, I know last time around, it was weird for me to go the whole weekend because I was like, it's weird <laughs> and we're back here tomorrow. Like, it's, yeah. it's just odd when you think, like, usually we're always having like a one-day event. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to just pace yourself. Don't go in head first and after two hours, like Jason said, being like, well, I'm done for the weekend now. It's just, it's, really it's no fun. So, um, yeah, I think, like I said, just pace yourself and just remember that you are there for the whole weekend and trade night as well. Um, trade night's a little bit different because you are there for different a different reason to a degree where it's not all just about buying and selling. Um, but yeah, just just pace yourself and just try and remember who's there on the Sunday as well because there's people there on the Saturday that people aren't there on the Saturday, sorry, that are going to be there on the Sunday that you know have certain cards you're interested in or you know will have certain cards you're interested in um, to try and actually like, you know, pace yourself for that. So, um, but no, yeah, doing both days is wicked, but yeah, you just got to remember you've got two days ahead of you rather than just one. Yeah, and over to you, Jason. Obviously, like we mentioned there, trade night. For people who haven't been before, they might necessarily just think trade night means one thing. Oh, just trade. I might not have anything to trade. But for you, your person doing trade night, it's actually more than just trading. Yeah, to be honest, I've been to two, I think two or three trade nights. First one went horrific. 
Second one went horrific again. He's like, I had no, you know, I just, I just didn't think I had the cards that people wanted. I think it was more of the cards that I wanted. Uh, but the third trade night, I actually made some deals. Some of them was cash and some of them were actual trades. So I do admit a lot of people got up to tables and wanting to buy your cards, which is trade night. It's not buy your cards tonight. But, you know, that's the way it is. But I had a, I had a few um, little deals. And obviously, it's time, you know, you get time to catch up with other people to see what they've bought and all that. But I think from what America is with trading in deals and all that is very big over there. Most people do trade in deals instead of, you know, straight up cash, but over here it's obviously more just cash deals. I think, you know, bringing, you know, the trade night into the London card show will make a big difference. And uh, hopefully more people will trade instead of just buying. And I admit, I need to do that as well. I, I go up to tables and ask how much, and I don't tend to trade, but um, yeah, I think people need to take um, advantage of trading as well. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that's a good thing to always take in mind with trade nights. It's not always going to be a trade, but if you have something you want to try and offer, like a lot of people, what they do is they lay everything out on the table, what they have, or they're willing yeah. to give up just to see what interest people have. So if you're going to, like you're interested in moving a certain item, just put it out on your table and then someone's going to walk around or be vice versa. You could walk around and then you might say, so now what you're looking for. And then you might have something sitting on your table and then you struck a deal like that. But over back to you, Harry, obviously it's a long day in the London card show, especially if you take into account the Saturday where you're looking at VIP um, entrances at half nine and the end of the main show is at four and then the trade night starts in the evening up again. So people, it's a long old day. Obviously normally the show is and then, quite a few there's a few different meetups in between and back for trade night so have you got any advice for people because it is a long day and you don't want to like you say don't want to tie yourself out in the daytime or you don't want to just save yourself for the night it's it's quite a tricky one to find the right balance yeah it is a long weekend like don't get it wrong i'll go home on a sunday night and i'm absolutely shattered um it is very full-on for the whole weekend um but you got made the most of it like you just i just try not to think about the fact that i'm only going to have three hours sleep like I think last time around, we were at, we were back at a hotel with LGL Breaks or see Lou, um, <laughs> who's in a whatnot stream. And I definitely got to bed until about two o'clock. And then again, we were up at half six to, to get ready for the show the next morning to go and paint yourself, yourself running up from the station, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, it is a very long weekend. Like you said, you're in the show until four o'clock. You've then got, what, usually around about a couple of hours um, until obviously trade night starts. You're back there again, usually until about nine o'clock. Um, and then you go you know, back down to the pub or... Um, back to the hotel, whatever you, where we normally do, but it is a very long two days. Um, there's a lot going on. Your social media definitely will run out at some point because um, you know, you're constantly talking to people. But like I said, you just got to make sure you bring enough fluids. That's the one thing is just you know, obviously they're selling one pound bottles of water at the tuck shop. Um, but also you know, bring your own fluids because yeah, it's a very very long day. Um, and sometimes you forget after like five hours, you think I've not had anything to eat or drink yet. Um. Because, you know, even outside the actual venue, like where the, the like outside the area is, I was out there for most of the day, like just get a bit of fresh air and stuff. So, like I said, bring enough fluids, bring enough food. Um, don't forget the pub. And, um, yeah, you should be all good. Yeah, definitely don't forget about the pub. I know Jason's no. really eyeing up a nice ice cold. Oh, Jason's got his food on pre-order. No, really. mate. mate, I've got it on my phone right here. Got my table got number. <laughs> And I've got to ask a question, Jace. It's obviously it's, oh, it's not really trade like card show related, but are you getting the badge in on this London card show? <laughs> oh, oh, good question. 
one of the days I think I have to. I think, you know, it creates a bit of tension when I'm doing a bit of a deal. You know, they see the badge, you get intimidated, and they just go for like 40% comps, which is amazing. <laughs> That's what I tend to do. I've got some advice from uh, L underscore trade soccer. It's just offer 40% comps, so you might actually get the deal done. Yeah, no doubt Lou is, one of the, <laughs> Lou is a specialist in offering too low, because I've remembered that for my personal collection. <laughs> we're looking looking now at us personally and during the shows. Obviously, I'll be there Saturday to Sunday. So I know we, me, uh, well, Harry briefly touched on this with Harry, but um, earlier on about what we're looking for, anything in particular. But I'm going to change it slightly of, obviously, there'll be a lot of raw cards there and a load of graded. So do you have a preference at a show because obviously it's nice to see conditions. Say, for example, you, you're picking up a card in show. It's not easy to say, oh, do you mind me taking out the top loader out the sleeve to see the mm. condition? So how would you would you look at condition of a raw card as you're buying it? Because obviously that's key in the price. But then again, you don't want to – it's quite a fine line. And then you don't want to be spending too much time at someone's table that you're like you're analysing their cards. And if you spend that yeah. much time at a table, put it back, then people might be like, Oh, there's something wrong with that. So over to you, Jason. Like a condition of card. Would you how long would you like look at a card? Would you look at it very quickly over? Or would you like try and get as much detail out of it as possible? Because if it's going to go for grading, you want to be buying a good looking card rather Well, than yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna buy a card with, you know, edgeware, scratches. You know, if I'm buying the card to grade and maybe sell on hundred percent, I'm gonna have a quick to be honest, I, I know it's weird, but I find it a bit awkward. Like the guy, you know, the guy or the girl just looking at you and, you know, you just scan the card if, you know, if you're going to buy it or not. But 100%, I think if you're looking to grade or just even in the personal collection, look at the card, make sure it's, you know, gradable if you are sending it's grading or, you know, it does make a big difference because say if it's, you know, a big card, say if you spend 100, 200, 300 quid on a card, I know you can take, you know, the buyer's word, but I'll, I want to look at it myself. I could say, yeah, you know, that will gem mint 10, you know, 100%. Comes back an eight. There's, there's a reason. But I think always look at the card. Um, and for me personally, I don't think you should think this way, but if there's a raw card that, you know, it's an expensive card, why is it not graded? Why are they not sending it to grade? And there must be a reason. But, you know, just double check the card if you want to obviously grade it off, you know, obviously check it but you know i think you should always check before you buy no i think it's very good advice and similar to you harry obviously you have all raw cards and graded ones that show so do you have a i i personally i will try and look at the condition of a card but like jason said it can be a bit awkward at times or mm. it how would you view it like raw cards especially that obviously in america is a bit different we had this discussion with troy when he came on a few weeks ago that the access of grading in America is a lot more. So that's part of the reason why it could be raw. So yeah. how much would you still look in depth as well, Harry, at the card? Obviously, if it's potentially going to go for grading, because there's some really nice cards, but you want to add to your collection, you don't want it to be like a ding corner or a big scratch or something like that. Yeah, I think I always have a tendency to buy graded cards anyway, like probably a good 75% of my PC is all graded. Um, I think, you know, if you're buying a raw card purely for the PC or purely just to keep in the collection. I'm not overly fussed about the condition. Like, you know, I recently also bought that Fabio Vieira Tiger Strike Prism. I was looking at that earlier under the, the ring light and I was like, it looks fairly decent because I was thinking that's something I could send off, off for grading. Um, it's a card show where that's more probably accessible where you have the card in hand that you can actually have a look at the condition. Absolutely, yeah. I think if you know what you're looking for and you know what you can look out for in terms of what possible grade it will get, 
Um, I don't think you need to spend, you know, 15 minutes analyzing a card top to bottom um, to try and sort of give it a rough a rough grade. Um, like I said, if you're buying it to grade to sell on or buying it to grade to add value, yes, like you do need to check over the condition to see. Um, however, you know, for me, if I'm buying a raw card that I'm going to keep in the PC or send to SGC just to start up at some point, I'm not overly bothered about it as long as there literally is not like a bent corner. Um, but yeah, as, as for me, I have a tendency to buy most of my cards already graded. Um, but I said, that's where pretty my head's at in terms of raw cards. I don't know whether you think the same, Ronnie, or not. But Yeah, I think naturally, I think I always look at a card just with past experience of being mm. in like the grading world before and try, I think I've got a bit of a, an eye for the cards now that I can kind of see damage. But it kind of depends if, for example, if it's a, a lower rain granite jacket, for example, and I haven't got it, I'm not going to really look at condition because it's going to go in the PC anyway. But then if it's like a hundred odd pound, I'll probably have a quick look over it. I'll ask the seller, oh, is, do you know of any defects? If he says no, I'll say, do you mind if I have a quick look over the card, if that's all right? Then they might say, yeah, no problem. Take it out the sleeve. Or they might say, yeah, no problem. Just So have a quick look over it. Obviously, it's not the end of the world. Some cards, if they've got damage, you might just be like, look, it's a really nice card, but um, I'm going to grade it and there's a slight defect. So, I think that's another thing as well. I'd always stress to people, it's okay to say no once you're in negotiations, that if you change your mind on a card or you you see something that you don't like, you can always say, oh, no, I don't want this card. Um, sadly, mate, sorry, but I'm going to pass. That's always an option. But there's one last talking point about a card show, which always has to be covered. And in the world, there's one word beginning with C that is not welcome which I do not call Jason normally, uh, but I'm going to come over to you, Harry, for this one. The dreaded words of comps. Oh. Um, obviously, it's a big talking point that shows. Oh. Um, it's a big talking point that shows whether, obviously, people want to look up a price of a car before buying it, but then some sellers are like, I don't give a crap about comps. The car, this is the car price, simple as. How do you see, like, looking at comps? show? Would you... Like, see a card, go away, look at your phone, look at comps, but then not mention to the person I've looked up comps, or do you just go and say, well, I know this card sells for 100, I'm not paying 200 for it? Very touchy. I think you've got to look at it as a ballpark figure. Um, you got to, It depends on when the last comp was. Um, I know we've briefly spoken about it before on, on the pod. It's, it, it comes basically in terms of, like, how recent the last sale was. Um you know, you've got to take in consideration how much the market will fluctuate. If you're looking at a card that sold for two months ago for 80 quid, and that card is biased, Pakaio Saka, someone that like is consistently performing every week and is the, the value of his cards are going up, two months ago, yeah, it might be worth 80 quid. It might be 150 now. You can't then go, oh, yeah, got a risk of 80 quid. It's, it's not direct comparison. Um so, you know, I'd always look up comps if I'm unsure of like a price of a card and just to double check whether that price they've listed is fair. Um, but I guess I would never probably directly be like, there's a comp here for X, I'll match that. Like, so use it as a ballpark figure. If you're happy paying the price they've got, cool. If you want a better deal, negotiate, 10 or off, 20 quid off, cool. Um, but I just like it. I think you can, I think comps are a good way to exercise, you know, how. You can check a price, how you can double check to see if the price is fair, um, how you can double check to see what the ballpark figure of a card is. Um, and like I said, it gives you an idea of how much you want to be paying or how much you should be paying. Um, but like I said, like we've had before, with new releases, the price is all over the gaff. I mean, you know, we saw like, obviously our, our good friend Lewis, obviously, 
he had the groovy Martinelli. You got comps ranging from 90 to 250. It's like, as a seller, you can go, all right, it's worth 250. As a buyer, you can go, all right, it's worth 90. Mm. So I think you've just got to take that into consideration as well. Um, yeah, but for me, I'd always use it at the ballpark figure just to try and gauge how much a card value is at that current time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to change out for you, Jason, because I know you buy a load of vintage, especially um, of... It's very hard with comps at card show, especially for vintage, because oh. it could never come... There could be a card that never comes up. If people are wondering why I'm looking down, is I'm in a case break at the moment, and I nearly <laughs> bought Neymar, and they've just hit a Neymar one of one auto. So I, I was just... It, I will show people on the screen for this one. Yeah, name I want. That's why I'm distracted. It's because I was just seeing one at one at one of one and all the marks. Like, oh, hello. Jesus. But obviously, with vintage, it's very hard comps in general. Anyway, you can have mm-hmm. the same item going for 50 or 300. So, is it also just having the knowledge of the stuff that you're buying when it comes to offering a fair price on a card? I think with vintage, it is a lot different. Like, for example, my PC's Paco Hento. Most of the times, unless it's one of the bigger sets of that. So, for example, uh, the there's a Termo set from 1953. There's a lot that sells on PWCC. But there was one that I recently bought, I think, for £30. There's literally no comps on it. So you have to kind of guess, like, maybe, like, different plays from that set. So if, uh, I don't know, a Di Stefano went for this much in that set. So you use different players normally. But it's very hard to check uh, comps or last sold on the on vintage, unless it's obviously a bigger set. So, for example, I picked up an Eusebio uh, from 1970 World Cup, PSA 3, I believe. Um, that had more comps because, you know, it's a it's a sticker that's been, you know, a lot of sent to PSA, SGC. So it's easier to comp them. But I think with comping in general, I think, you know, you've got to check if a card's re- three cards, you know, the same card that sold for 95, 90, and say 100, you're not going to pay 200 for a card. It's common sense. I let, I don't care if the buyer wants 200 quid. I could probably weigh it out and, you know, buy the card for that price or even cheaper. Um, <clears throat> always be patient. And one thing as well, when you did say, you know, about looking at the card of the condition, I know it sounds really stupid, but, you know, when you go to Tesco and you look at, you know, the expiry date, you got to make sure it's expired. you got to look at the bananas, see if they're ripe enough. Mate, honestly, I'm, I'm talking facts here. Anyone listens to the pod? When you go to the show, Jason, shops, you brought your club card as a form of ID to the first of a London card show. And that's already And it worked. And that's already been referred mm. to in this podcast as well. It has, yeah. <laughs> and it worked. No, but. Goes no. out in history. But yeah, exactly. But no, in general, yeah, uh, comping wise, I do think, you know, you need to check comps because if you want to sell the card on for longer, uh, for <laughs> on more, you know. Oh, man. Right. I've actually got a follow-up question to that. Oh, the last on. banana that you bought, what did it grade out of 10? Was it authentic or did it get a... It's the authentic. Well, that's a nice banana, that. We'll be taking exactly. Did you negotiate on the price? Did you get a bit of money off with the recent comp or not? No, I did Harry tactic, just buy the card. Oh, nice. So they asked <laughs> yeah, 100 pounds, you paid 100. Very good. Uh, mate, that's what I do. Well... Obviously, it's going to be a very busy weekend this one, Saturday and Sunday, London culture. There is selected tickets still available. Uh, VIP for full weekend passes are available. If you did want VIP for the Saturday, you will have to buy the Sunday as well. General admin is available for Sunday as well. Uh, do pay attention. There might be some last-minute tickets come up if anyone 
decide to return their tickets for the Saturday and do pay close attention to the London Card Show social media because they will be announcing a lot more stuff hopefully this week and obviously if there's any more news on tickets or anything like that. But like we say, from us, it's going to be a very good show. So any closing words, Jason, regarding like the upcoming show? Subscribe to El Toro um, Cards on YouTube. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no. Um, you know, if you see me, don't be scared of me. You know, I am an ugly guy. But Depends if he's wearing a badge or not. Exactly. If I am, do not come if he's near got, me. No. If he's got a badge <laughs> and a Stella, don't go near him. Oh, no, not Stella. No, I've got standards. Uh, no, but um, yeah, no, enjoy, enjoy the show. Obviously, you know, if you do see me, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'm a very nice guy. Um, you know, don't spend all your money at once like I did at my first ever show. Um, but, you know, yeah, no, enjoy, enjoy it. You know, I know it's every three months, every two months, but if it's your first time, just enjoy it. You know, people are kind. Talk to people. Ask people. Should I buy this card? You know, what do you think? Just ask. Yeah, very good advice. Very good advice. And definitely do. Subscribe to El Toro Cards on YouTube. The link will be down below. And Harry, any closing Ooh. words from yourself, my friend? Uh, yeah, I guess just to ditto what Jay said. You know, if you, if, you, if anyone sees us, um, you know, come and give us a shout. Come and say hello. Come have a chat. Um, but I was not looking forward to getting back down this weekend and uh, yeah, talking all things cards with everyone. Yeah, like I say, it's from me, Harry. Jason, uh, Trade We Guys and Harry, we do look forward to seeing you this weekend at the London Card Show. It'd be a very good day. Do come up and say hello if you do see us. Uh, we'll be there about us all day. Obviously, these two boys will be there the Sunday as well. But like I say, there'll be a few of us in the pub in between with a nice cool down before the trade nights so do come along. But most importantly, I hope everyone has a fantastic week, has a lovely London car show. Make sure to tag the London Car Show on all your social medias when you're there, because I know they do like looking back on the show afterwards. But for from me, Harry, Jason, and the rest of the people who join us on this podcast, enjoy the London Car Show. Hope everyone out there is staying safe, doing well, collecting, buying, selling, and trading. But most importantly, happy hobbying and good night.